Hello and welcome to another episode of War Podcaster. I am your co-host. It still sounds weird to say that. My name is Pete. Hello. Uh, I'm joined by my co-host Liam. Look, if you want to call yourself the host, all you got to do is roll a pretty good persuasion check and maybe beat my insight and then we'll see. Hold on. Oh, go on. No, what? five. I was five. about to say, what am I going to give you to your to your persuasion? What's a Pete I, persuasion modifier? I, do, I don't think it matters. I'm going to check Because I rolled a five. Well, I rolled a three, so it might have worked. <gasps> I mean, I mean my, my persuasion wasn't very good because I did just say, okay, and roll. I didn't even make an <laughs> yeah, argument. There was, no, so. there was nothing there. He just went, okay. Yeah, roll. Give, anyway, hello, give, everyone. Give me... Uh, <laughs> Hello, welcome to another episode of War Podcaster. If you're new here, sorry about that. Um, but um, but uh, welcome to the show where we talk about D and D for a, a while. That's what we do. We just chat about it. Uh, my name is Pete. I'm joined by Liam. And uh, yeah, first off, we're just going to talk about what we've been doing in D and D, which is precisely nothing um, because of lockdown and such. Uh, I've not been able to really do much of anything normally we we play with each other i have a campaign uh, that i dm and liam has a campaign that he dms we play in each other's campaigns but we haven't been able to do any of that um because of lockdown and that so i have uh put out an invite which we haven't actually uh actually started yet but there is plans afoot to begin to do uh like a one shot or a, or a little um series of one shots uh surrounding not quite as good characters um, <laughs> the the, uh, the first idea i had was just to kind of just say let's run a heist i'll just run it you guys make your characters and let's do it and that's all it's got to so far we haven't done it yet but i'm looking forward to when we do that should be good fun yeah i am looking forward to it as well yeah i mean um you said heist and then not as good and then not as good characters and like one of my favorite films ever is oceans 11 so mm-hmm. imme- immediately i'm like yes i'm in for this oceans 11 i'm gonna be i'm gonna be i'm gonna be basham i'm gonna that's it i'm just gonna put on a <laughs> even more accentuated english accent and throw in i'm gonna have a little sheet of cockney rhyming slangs <laughs> amazing so this is kind of like a. it's kind of like inception where all the all the protagonists are just kind of assholes, and they're they're not doing things for the right reason, but they're 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 heisting someone's mind. So yeah, it's gonna kind of be like that where people aren't they're they might have good intentions, maybe we don't know yet, but they're not necessarily good. Yeah, and that yeah. seems quite fun because for both of our campaigns, we're very much kind of we're the heroes. Let's take down the bad people. Yeah, um, I mean we so we spoke about nice. our evil sort of evil or just even like not good campaign a while ago so now it's time for us to finally actually try it and have maybe it's a topic we go back to and revisit Mm -hmm. after actually trying it out yeah exactly and especially it's quite exciting for me because uh i've been trying to homebrew a few uh subclasses lately um and for this one i was like hey if anyone wants to use any of my subclasses the option's there if we want to give it a test out and uh and two of you have actually said yep let's do it i was like oh Okay, um, <laughs> wasn't expecting that response. I, I guess I need to make it in D&D Beyond now. Uh, give me a bit. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm quite excited to try and uh, try and get those tested at least. So we can see what they're like. You, uh, I, I don't know how much you want to reveal about what you're doing, but you've opted to go for a monk. I have opted to go for a monk. And mm. yeah, I, I mean, you can tell them. I'm going f- I will be playing your sort of reworked 
uh, Way of the Four Elements monk because Way of the Four Elements monk in the book is Kaka Poo Poo. It's not great. It's yeah, not the you best. Can say that. Uh-huh. If you play um, one and you make it work, great. But it's not that good. It's really no. it's not written very well. No. Um, so what what I wanted to do with it is basically make it more like Avatar because Avatar is amazing, um, and the whole kind of premise behind this where the four elements thing is it supposed to be like a proper journey? It's it's supposed to be a subclass where you start off at a low level and you have a journey of becoming stronger with your element that you're trying to learn. Um, so you like progressively get more things obviously that's how D works you get more things as you level up but it's an actual you you can choose to focus on one element or you can try and mix between the two but you won't be as good at all the elements if you try and spread yourself too thin unless you take all the elements and then at like 17th level you can get really good at all of them but then you'd have to sacrifice not being as good for like 17 levels to get there but the last three levels you'd be awesome so it's like it's designed to be a, a long running subclass and i'm very curious to see what it's going to be like for like a one shot like this because you're all going to be level 10 for this one shot so yeah it's like a nice yeah. a nice middle ground for this one you'd be at like the third stage of your elemental mastery which should be very very fun it's gonna be the highest level any of us have played at that is true yeah so in your in your campaign you're we're at level eight now right eight now Seven? yeah eight. eight yeah and i believe you're also at level eight in my one correct yeah, although who can say when level nine's going to come in? Ooh. Well, I can say when level nine's going to come into mine. Not for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, figures. <laughs> you just leveled up. Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, ha- you guys leveled up not too long ago in my one as well. But also, I'm going to be leveling up quite quickly from here on out. Yeah, I did have, like I told you before, I did have some story reworks because you guys expressed interest in wanting to carry on playing the world and the characters you play in my one. And the current story, I don't want to drag it out to level 20, because that would be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So instead of making it sort of like the whole story, which is what I had in mind, is now just sort of like an arc. Yes. Yeah, this will just be the first major arc, and then there might be another one. Probably. Afterwards. Exactly that. Exactly that. Oh, I need to yeah. I need to level up my NPCs. <gasps> is that the Midas touch? Yeah. Hell yeah. I need to level yeah. them up as well. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, but before we get into some uh, uh, talking points today, because yeah, we don't really have too much else to say about what we've been doing in D&D, because not much. Uh, eagerly anticipating Tasha's, uh, Tasha's Cauldron, really. That's, that's pretty much all it. Um, but we'll go through a few of the comments from the previous uh, episode from YouTube. Um, so we've got one here from Dr. Lipkin. I've just highlighted this because I made a joke, and it seems that the joke didn't go over too well or people didn't pick up that it was a joke because he's explained what terminal velocity is to me. Oh, yeah, and I saw I, that. I saw that as well. And and, and, and I, know, I know what terminal velocity is. I was making a joke because it's got the word terminal in it. And, you know, like terminal illness, people die from terminal stuff. So I was saying, oh, yeah, that's why it's called terminal velocity because people die. And it's like, well, that's, I, I know what... Ter- I'm sorry. <laughs> great, don't, don't do but, it again. But... I, I, I get it. Thank you, though. Uh, Jesse Woodring left a comment. 
um, saying, um, in, in most of the campaigns I've played, the DM would usually allow us to do something crazy if we could explain how we were going to do it. He'd then judge whether it seems possible or not. For the example of grappling a scorpion, I'd say something to the effect of grabbing its tail and pulling backwards. It would prevent it from moving anywhere, but you could still be stung. True. True. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all about the workarounds, because there's nothing in the rules that says you can't do that. It's just, you have to realistically think of how it could happen sort of thing yeah exactly and if you can come up with a, a way of how you do it totally let's go for it it's like in uh, i can't remember whether we spoke about this on the episode or not because it, it feels like it's been 17 years since we last recorded even though it's been a week um i i think like the the i can't remember whether i mentioned the episode or not but we had a, an example where you guys were facing giants and someone wanted to run around the giant because they're a monk and they have 55 feet of movement yeah they were like can i just run around this giant with a rope and just like just make circles around it so that when it tries to move it will trip over the rope and i was like i mean realistically yes but what would that i don't know what would that do is that that, what is that i don't know and it's like does that get opportunity attacked because you'd be going in and out of its combat but you wouldn't be going in and out of its combat because you'd be in its space because it's huge and you're medium ah um i i got it very much in my own head for that one but they break they break your brain yeah exactly yeah we had a, a big old halt on the combat which is something i never wanted to do but um yeah but we we came up with a solution in the end i said yeah it's basically grappled from it you i think they made a check they succeeded on it i said it's basically grappled it's going to try and escape and the first thing it did was roll a huge thing and it snapped the rope and i was like there you go <laughs> job done um yep um we've got another one here and i'm very sorry if i butcher your name fran kraljevsky Kroshovsky. I don't know, that's probably not Kr- right, but Kr- Kroshovsky. It, it, it's K-R-A-L-J-E-V-S-K-I. Kraljevsky. I think it's Joff. Yep. Um, <laughs> I think Joff is the sound of that, but go for it. Yep. Um, the, uh, talking about um, like realistic HP and stuff like that, um, the way we hand wave HP and healing at our table is that taking a hit is mostly the character narrowly avoiding a lethal hit or like an arrow whizzes past your head. You only really get hit if you take a lot of damage or from a hit that takes you down to zero. Basically, losing HP is your character expanding energy to not die. I think this also helps explain why you get back to full HP after sleeping for a bit. Yeah. Hey, it's interesting. Yeah, I like that. I mean, it do- it definitely plays more, li- more into realism because, you know... Mm-hmm. If you're being attacked by, oh, what was something I thought of the other day? Balls. What was something I thought of the other day? And the last example you gave was a giant with a club. Yeah, but I thought of a funnier one. Um, oh, I think it's a giant purple worm. <laughs> yeah. That eats you. Yeah. And chews you. Yeah. And you're fine. Yep. Like it. Lit- I mean- it literally eats like. Everyone knows how eating food works, right? (laughs) You chew it, and it turns into bits. Yeah. Yeah, but these guys are heroes, Liam. (laughs) Yeah, clearly. (laughs) They they don't get to be bitten into pieces. Um, We'll have um, uh, one more comment here from Maxman475, and this I thought was quite amusing, uh, because it says, Has there been any point in a campaign you thought you might have to soldier on without a beloved character? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there in, is. In, in, in your one. Yeah. 
<laughs> you can you can link you can link them the video. I can if you if you're watching the YouTube version or listening to it in the description of the uh, of of this video will be a link to a story that Liam and I have done on this very channel talking about how we had to kill a PC. It was awful in the best way. Um, so yes, we absolutely have had to soldier on without a beloved character. Um, but yes, thank you very much for your uh, for your comments. Um, if you wanna if you want us to read out some more, please do leave a comment on this one on the YouTube version. We're still I don't know what's going on with Apple Podcasts, but we'll potentially get some reviews in if it ever actually goes over there. We'll figure it out, I'm sure. Um, but uh, but for now, I think it's time to get into some talking points. What do you reckon? Yeah, play those drums. For the talking points today, um, each of us have brought a, a talking point that we want to talk about today. Let's roll off. Here we go. Uh, so for this one, I'm going to roll first. Alrighty. Ooh. Oh yeah, you won. I did. Um, eight. Well. Ah, it went off the table. Ah, again, I only have a tiny table space. Sixteen. Sixteen. That means you are first yet again. I am first yet again. So, the talking point from me, and it's one that we touched on breaking a bit of 4-4. It's one that we touched on a couple weeks ago, and we said, we should use that next week, and then we both mm -hmm. completely forgot. Yep. And then I, for some reason, I just had like a Jimmy Neutron brain blast today and just remembered it, and now it's, <laughs> it's been stuck in my head all day, so now we will talk about it. Okay. Uh, character flaws. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now you remember, don't you? Character, yeah. character flaws. Get your one. Yeah, and ceilings. <laughs> um, basically, for those who are newer, potentially, a character flaw is just something that you can put into your sort of character's personality section, and something that is what it is—a flaw, because the character is not perfect, and they have something that is not a not. A good trait about them. There is something that is a flaw, for lack of a better word. Yes, um, exactly. Yes, and every character I truly believe should have one. I agree. Absolutely, every yeah. every character should have some kind of flaw, or some kind of issue, or something that, if like a like, it doesn't have to be major, but it's something that is not Mister Perfect. I like I'm looking to avenge my family and they killed my uncle or something like you know I'm looking to get the crown like someone should have some kind everyone should have some kind of flaw that other characters or anyone can sort of look at you and go not sure about that one chief mm -hmm. absolutely yeah I mean I, I, I think okay to play devil's advocate because I do agree with you um I think if you're playing in in that sort of um, like for example the one shot that I mentioned at the at the open of the episode that we're going to be doing with the you know the 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 good not the, sorry the not good characters I'm not expecting you you guys to have crazy epic backstories with character development and all that stuff if you guys want to be like hey man I'm a cool edgy boy I'll be like all right cool for like a one shot that's fine you don't have to have all the the flaws and everything. But if you're playing in a campaign that's going to have more than one session, I would highly recommend having a flaw because then that leads to the essence of what I believe 
D&D is about, which is storytelling. Yes. Because how can you tell a story if everyone is already at the end of the story? That's how character development works. Exactly. Exactly. And even if even if we both agree, we both have characters, a number of characters. Um, so you can tell me what your character flaw is. And then you can and uh, then give people an idea. Totally, as in my one for for your campaign. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> uh, my character is afraid of confrontation. Like he he just he hates it. Not necessarily like physical confrontation, but dealing with uh, running away from problems and refusing to face them. That's 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 like his whole thing of why he ran away from home. Yeah. Because he just couldn't take it. He ran away, and now he doesn't want to go back because he can't deal with facing his family who he ran away from and believe he might be dead. That's that. <laughs> that's, so, that's a big one. That's a pretty big one. So he really doesn't want to go home. He doesn't want to confront the problem. He's just continually running. Yeah. So yeah, that's my one. How about yours? Uh, well, my one, my little uh, wood elf cleric ranger, um, many people have, many people have a sort of pegged him down as someone who's a bit stoic and not necessarily the most likable of people anyway um yep however the character flaw for Thamior is um he doesn't believe he doesn't believe that those who can't save themselves are worth saving or those who mm. don't or those who don't fight are worth it like those who would just give up and quit and run or not fight for what they need or what they want they're not worth it and it's a strong survive and weak perish world yeah, so e- even despite, you know, Damior can have heroic tendencies to help people, he's only willing to help people who want to help themselves in the first place, but just, like, don't have the means. Exactly. It's not just like, please, I'm so weak, I can't do anything. You're like, well, man up. Like, yeah. dude, sort it out, mate. Yeah, we had that moment in your campaign where we sort of got to a tree village that were they were living in the treetops, uh... Thamiel asked them sort of like, oh, so how's things go here? And they told us, and he was like, so what do you do when you have issues arise? And they were like, oh, we just don't do anything. Just sort of, like, hide or, you know, nothing really happens. And he was like, oh, so you don't have weapons or anything? And they were like, no, we just don't fight, don't have any weapons or anything. And at that point, Thamiel was done. He was just like, all right, well, you're not worth it. Yeah, and he was like, okay, I want to leave. Yeah, it was very <laughs> mu- it was very much just like... These people aren't worth my time. These people are not. These people aren't ready for the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they they, they were living in uh, ignorance in his mind, and yeah, they 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 weren't worth his his time or protection. Yeah, um, but those are um, those are two sort of more major flaws. Like those are quite heavy ones, I'd say. So like they're ones that mm-hmm. would like impact character and sort of like build and the world around you and might inflict like. In, like affect how you sort of like talk to other people but flaws you don't for first of all you don't really have to you don't only have to have one and no totally second of all they don't all have to be that serious i think i saw one the other day because i saw i saw a bunch of flaws that it's like a it might have been a reddit thread or something but i saw a bunch of people that were posting sort of like their character flaws and there was a lot of funny ones in there like someone said i have a bowl and every meal I eat has to be out of this bowl, otherwise I won't eat. <laughs> and that was it. That was the flaw. 
<laughs> That's so, really good. So it was like they went to and she and she said like we went to a fancy dinner and I had to bring the bowl because I had to eat the food otherwise I offended people. But then mm-hmm. I offended them because I ate out of the bowl. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's great. That's so good. Yeah. See, like, even like for 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 smaller ones, like one one that you know I haven't really thought about, but I guess now we're talking about it. I'm kind of realizing it more about my own character that I play. But for Cormo, who's also got this, you know, fear of confrontation, he also is so infatuated with magic that he will use it to his own detriment. Yeah. In that, like, he's in a life and death situation. He's like, no, I am sticking to my magic when his really good crossbow is right there. Yeah. Like, and he's a level seven rogue. It's like he's, uh, sorry, a level six rogue. It's like he's much better with the crossbow than he is at magic. And, yeah, he's, he's, it's so infatuated with it. He's like, no, I will continue to use burning hands. Thank you very much. Yeah, bravado can be a big one. Yeah. Uh, but there's loads. There's loads of different ones you can have. Although I would I would say there are some you should obviously steer away from. Absolutely. Stuff. Yeah, there's, there's some that, that can be a detriment to not only um, kind of the storytelling, but also it can be a detriment to the other people in your party in the DM, which yes. you don't want to have. Stuff like, like being a kleptomaniac, whilst funny, is funny if not taken to the extent of ruining the other player's game. Yes. Like nobody, exactly. nobody wants to be in that position where someone says, "I pickpocket my friend," and then you have to spend, <laughs> yeah. and then you have to spend like three hours pretending they don't have your gold, and you've got to have that weird, awkward confrontation, and you know they're lying, and you're trying really hard not to meta game, and you know they're just being a dick, and you just kind of have to deal with it, and then it's less fun. Yes, exactly. Or like you know, if you're playing in a campaign where you're just murder hobos and you're evil, okay, cool, fine. If you're playing a stereotypical good guys versus bad guys campaign and one of the person uh, one of the people shows up and just goes oh my god you reminded me of a person that i killed once i have to kill you now and you just go and murder an important npc that's not a good flaw yeah because <laughs> that's don't, just gonna ruin everything don't be a jerry don't be a Jer- don't be <laughs> jerry the arsonist don't be jerry right? just don't just don't burn down that building uh, yeah uh and obviously the other ones to avoid stuff like i hate all dwarves like that's, yeah that's not a flaw that's uh that's just uncomfortable <laughs> yeah that that's not a flaw that's called racism yeah it's just uncomfortable to deal with and no one wants to be put in that position and just things like that stuff like i hate women <laughs> like it's not a flaw yeah no it okay. is a flaw but it's not a flaw I mean, you should yeah. put in your make-believe game <laughs> yeah. yeah okay let's clarify it yeah. absolutely is a flaw of a a person's character it's yeah. not a flaw you should have on your character in D. yes it's not something that you should bring into a fun game that is accepting of all exactly yes uh absolutely right but there are yeah, plenty a- of, there's loads of fun ones you can do yeah totally yeah For, from from small to big flaws allow growth of character and storytelling to take place like there's even one that i i love so much because i i teed him up for it so perfectly it was in in your campaign liam where um a character we've mentioned before who joined the party um late they they stopped playing one character and started playing another and uh when they when they came in as their new character we went into a swamp and they refused to walk in the swamp they wanted someone to carry them because they were a bit stuck up um, they did, and yeah. we 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 went back to that swamp uh, later on, 
<laughs> which had been after we've been traveling for quite a bit. We've done a load of stuff with this character now. We'd gone to this wizard tower. We've been in like the sewer system. We've been through all sorts of stuff with this character now. And, uh, and we went back to the swamp and I turned to him and I purposefully teed him up to show the character growth. And I said, do you want to walk in the swamp again? And then he went, yeah, no, no, I don't want to walk in the swamp. I, I, I will walk in the swamp this time. <laughs> it was, oh man, it was so funny. Yeah. And I was like, yep, teed you up for it. And character growth, it's there. Yeah. Set up and pay off. It's perfect. It's great. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's so worth putting in just because it adds another depth to your character. Because no, it can be very exhausting trying to play a character that's perfect all the time and someone who never makes a mistake. Mm, yeah, Especially totally. in a game that's decided by uh, dice. Speaking of mistakes, like that—that's a huge flaw in a character is being able to, you know, be emotional or act uh, act irrationally, uh. or you know, just just not be able to take in a, a full situation, and even some stuff to where you can be too nice to your own detriment. That's a flaw. Like you can be too yeah, perfect. Absolutely. That that is a flaw like e even for uh, i know we keep bringing up examples but that's what we're we're going off is our experiences even for for someone like me i thought we were attacking a bunch of innocent people that turned out to be werewolves and i told my whole party to stop attacking these people they're innocent people and they turned out to be werewolves my character felt like an idiot but <laughs> he he he's stuck he's stuck by his guns and he'd be like hey what if they were innocent people like we shouldn't be going in and just attacking people without knowing that they're dangerous kind of thing so it, it led to like this like inner party confrontation which was really interesting and fun to explore but i wouldn't have done that if my character didn't have the the quote-unquote flaw of being able to look at everyone as good innocent until proven guilty essentially or you could just really hate the bagpipes <laughs> I wasn't sure if my microphone or if my headset broke or something. You went completely quiet. I wasn't sure. Sorry for that, like, two seconds of dead air there, but I thought I'd lost Pete on the no, call. It, it, it won't be dead air on my end. I was, I, was, it, I was cracking up. It peaked on my end. I just didn't hear anything. I was like, are you okay there? Oh, man, that was great. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, even uh, there's, there's, uh, I ran a one-shot, which we never actually got to finish, for my work. Uh, which we uh, which we were running uh, one shots during lunchtime, which we called Luncheons and Dragons. Great name, best great name. name, best name. And uh, yeah, we, we only managed to do one session before you know lockdown. Um, but um, we had to, one of the characters, which is like I really don't like pigs. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it's like that was it. That was the flaw. And uh, and and it really it really helped because it, it could have been completely nothing. But I threw in an extra line as they were leaving their. Uh, town to go on their their quest that they've been given i was like can you leave behind the the sm the fresh uh, air as you head towards the mountains the sound of pigs fading into the distance and instantly their head snapped towards me and went pigs like, <laughs> 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 it's just it's it's really fun to be able to have little things that you know dms can use the rest of your party can use to help flesh out a character a bit more yeah instead of having because i i think when everyone creates a character they have the idea in their head of this is the race I want to be. This is the class I want to be. This is how I picture them moving in combat and things like that. This is the spells I want them to have. But they don't think necessarily about them as a person and about, you know, the good and the bad that come with being a person. So I think it, it's really good to focus more, probably more, on the flaws than on the good stuff. 
Absolutely. No, I, we've, yeah, absolutely agree. I'm glad we match up on that one, and I hope some people, um, if you are making a character, uh, do look into the sort of flaws bit a bit more, because it can help, it can really help with the direction of your character. It can really help with where you see them going. Yeah, and as a, as a final uh, point as well, you don't have to, like, write all these things down as part of like your backstory or anything a lot of it can come up through the course of play uh even if you have a certain idea of who your character is and stuff you you can have flaws arise just as you're playing like i even mentioned earlier like i didn't realize how much that like my character was so infatuated with magic that he'd use it despite you know his his crossbows right there but that's something that just kind of happened because we were we were playing through the campaign and that's what's kind of that's what he's done so it's it's stuff that you don't have to necessarily have fleshed out as part of your backstory it's stuff that you can just add on later but it's just interesting so my talking point let's do my one for today um so an interesting one um the I think people talk about okay. it a lot, oh. but I think people almost talk about it too much, is having, like, a balanced party. That's so, <laughs> so having stuff like, you know, when when you're, you're having, let's say you're having a session zero and people will be like, okay, so we've got... Um, We've got a wizard. Yeah. We've got we've got a, you know, we, we've got a ranger. Yeah. Um, but we've not got anyone that's, like, face-fronting. I guess I'll be a barbarian, because I want to kind of be face-tanky. Yeah. You know? Or, like, oh, we don't have any healers. I guess I'll play a cleric. Yeah. Right? I hate that. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> yeah. Um, re- really, really don't do that, um, because let everyone play what they want to play. If you're a DM and you're worried about your party not having any healing or anything, then just make sure they have way more healing potions than normal. Like, have ways and means of overcoming those obstacles instead of shoehorning players into roles they don't want to do, because that is a recipe for an unhappy party. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, player that plays in our party lives with me. Um, he was starting a new campaign the other day, and... Um, basically said like i'm gonna have to play a cleric again like no one has a cleric we don't have the cleric mm. and he was saying like i play i play cleric so much and it's like you don't have to like yeah. if you don't want to because then you're you're not going to be as into it and you feel like you're going to be treading old ground and there's a chance that you're not sort of role-playing this character you're just sort of like role-playing a shadow of one that you've played before because you're not as into it kind of thing and there's a lot of issues that can come up when you're playing something for the sake of playing something as opposed to something that you want to actually play. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, to to, uh, to expand on that point as, as a very real example, uh, the party that we've got in my campaign should not work. It really, really shouldn't work. No, it's we've quite got, bad. <laughs> we've got two monks, uh, a cleric ranger, a bard and a cleric wizard, right? So, granted, we've got two people that are kind of front-facing, 
you have nothing that can take significant hits. No. At all. No. And your your cleric ranger and cleric wizard aren't healers. They happen to have healing spells, but that that's not their main focus. The wizard has one level in cleric and the rest in wizard. And you, who's a cleric ranger, you have healing spells and can heal, but your primary focus is to deal out that lightning damage. You're a tempest cleric. Yeah. Like that, do, 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 the, do the damages. Yeah, I think I've cast cure wounds maybe ten times in eight levels, mm-hmm. and maybe three times of that was me, like on myself. Yeah, I don't exactly. Think, it's not, like, you can, uh, again, and that gets into another one of like the character tropes, but we can get into that on another topic because that's a whole different thing. But even if you do play a cleric, don't let people say, don't let people pigeonhole you in saying, oh, now we have a healer. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of clerics that don't focus on healing, like the Tempest Domain Cleric and like the uh, Light Domain Cleric, which gets things like Fireball and everything. So it's clearly mm-hmm. like an evocation cleric. Yeah. The thing, the thing with clerics is that they are the most versatile class in that they can fill if we're talking about roles in quotation mark in a party that's r-o-l-e-s not r-o-l-l-s very confusing in talking about D&D uh, if we're talking about roles within a party cleric can fit basically any of them and be really really good at it Yeah, that's what a cleric does so if you don't have a healer sure thing cleric would be a very good healer if you don't have a, a tanky heavy armor badass who wants to fight fight on the front lines a cleric can do that like you can you can have a cleric do anything so yeah don't let people say that like okay you're the healer because you don't have to be do what you want to do and if if you're seeing in your party like that i'll even i'll even peel back the curtain even more on, on my campaign we had um after you guys faced a dragon I was giving out a load of loot for everybody. Uh, and th- there was some specific stuff yeah, that I'd yeah. pointed and and some other stuff that I had um, just kind of said, this will be cool, someone will take it. And yep. some of that I was like, here's this bow, which definitely your character will take because um, you're the only one that really uses a bow. Uh-huh. Um, we've got another stuff that's like this really cool ring that has this cool effect. And we've got this armor that's probably going to go to this character. And I was like, here's a staff of healing. Yeah. Um, which will be really cool for, for someone. Uh, there's two two characters in a party that use staffs, and I was like, well, one of them will take it, and, you know, what, what, one of them is a bard who can heal, and one of them is a cleric wizard. As it turns out, the cleric wizard got the, the dragon scale armor, so the staff of healing, I assumed, was going to go to the bard. Yeah, yeah, everybody's happy. But he turned to me, and he was like, I don't want it. And I was like, oh. Yeah. What's going on? He was like, I, I don't want to play another healer. I play healer all the time. Like, I don't want to be pigeonholed into that. And I was like, okay. Like, that's a very fair point. I will I will go away and I'll think about it. And I've got, obviously, we, we haven't come to the solution yet because I have to put it into the campaign. But mm-hmm. there's going to be something coming up, spoilers, that hopefully will help remedy that. Okay. Um, and make him not pigeonholed into that healer role because like i said you guys don't really have healers um but there's there's hopefully going to be something that will at least excite them and make them happy that not only do they have this stuff of healing but maybe something else like it it's a it, it it's a it's a legitimate issue for a dm to try and face but with enough creativity you can totally overcome it without having to pigeonhole people into certain roles 
Well, you want to talk about party compositions? You guys don't have a cleric in my campaign. Nope. You guys don't have one. No. And if someone dies, that's it. You're dead. We have no. We have no revivify. <laughs> yeah. We have nothing. No revivify. You, your healer is the druid. Um, yep. And that's your only healing. You have a. You have someone who has a level one bard. I don't think he has healing word. Nope. And that's it. So mm-hmm. a lot of sort of. If you guys were to have like four or five combats in one day, it could get rough. But as a DM, I manage that because I know you guys don't have revivify and I know you guys don't have things like greater restoration. So if it comes time for things like those, then you work around it. Absolutely. Yeah. And you can if if it gets to a point where you need to have, you know, these either like deadly encounters or you need to have stuff where you've got someone getting petrified or something like that that you need something like greater restoration for and you don't have that in your party give them an item beforehand maybe like sessions and sessions beforehand setting it up where you can say here's this one time use item that will bring someone back from the dead or here's this one time use item that will make someone unpetrified and you you give that to them in advance so that when the time comes for someone to need to use it your players aren't just going we're screwed. Yeah, that's we it don't now. Have a cleric. <laughs> yeah, it, it. I think it. It just requires more DM creativity. Uh, at the end of the day, as, as a as a um, tangential point as well. Um, just in terms of uh, not necessarily balancing a party in terms of roles, but balancing a party in terms of stats. Um, it's very popular to roll for stats. I bloody love it. It's great. Um, and speaking of, you know character flaws and stuff like that i enjoy having at least one low stat because it helps me it helps me realistically think about what a character's not good at as well as having stuff that they are good at so for example my you know my my rogue wizard uh is a he's pretty good at sneaking um he's pretty good at you know firing his crossbow and stealth and sleight of hand and all the rogue stuff he's not great at magic but he's trying um and he's really bad at strength. He's not very strong. Yeah. It allows me to have some sort of balance in that in that way. When you roll for stats, though, you do run the risk that someone has a character that's really good at everything. Yes. If someone rolls really well, someone's just really good at everything. And something that I'm probably going to not necessarily enforce, but something I would highly recommend for my second campaign when it rolls around is that if someone rolls too good they would lower some of their stats because it can really it would really suck for someone who's a specialist in one thing to have someone in the party who's better than them at that yeah who's also good at everything else that's usually quite a worry isn't it that you have two people that sort of do the same thing and then sort of one person does it slightly better and then the whole party starts to get into situation like well why would i try this and it gets you do get that when again it goes back to the whole thing uh, people go we need a face and then some party groups can be like well the bard has to do all the talking then because he has the highest charisma and has the highest um, uh, has the highest sort of like persuasion and everything well that's not the case mm-hmm. at all like the bard doesn't have to do all the talking and everything just because they have the highest stat they may not even be there at the situation where talking needs to happen or they may not have the information necessary to get across the right point or whatever it may be exactly yeah, there's, there's loads of situ- loads of situations where they don't have to be the one doing it um so yeah but would 
uh, would you in enforce that or would you like recommend it to be like hey man your stats are really good how about you tone it down a bit uh i usually encourage people to have a bad stat like i usually encourage people to do whenever i hear people rolling stats and if they tell me like oh i got you know 18 16 16 15 14 14 or whatever i'm usually like oh well, that i i actively and openly say oh that sounds boring <laughs> just like yeah, that sounds yeah, very yeah, boring yeah. to me to just be that good at everything exactly yes I, I think i think that's what it comes down to is that you don't want someone who's really good at everything kind of the inverse of not having enough roles in the party is having someone or people multiple potentially if you get really good roles that are just good at everything so that you don't have any holes in your party at all and you can just do everything all the time um yeah i think that can also in kind of an inverse way also lead to some uh player frustration because their their character doesn't get to shine at the thing that they're supposed to be good at yeah. like if you're if you're the rogue but your dexterity is 14 and then you've got the the fighter that's next to you he's like my dexterity 17 i'll be doing all the stealthing thanks and doing all the scouting up ahead it's like well what am i here for yeah exactly yeah realistically your your character in the party be like well, why am i here yeah <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you don't need me yeah why am i, I here I'll, I'll go yeah um which yeah so i, I think yeah it, it, it's a hard balance to strike because you don't want it to li you d and you you don't want to be like stop being so good because a lot of people will feel very good about being good they enjoy dishing out a lot of damage they enjoy being completely hidden they enjoy getting all the the amazing kills and all that stuff but i think it's it's really important to remember that the reason you're playing is to tell a story and like we said earlier with your character flaws having something that you're bad at is good like that's that's a whole point of having a dynamic party is that people specialize in certain things and that allows the party to grow as a unit and also grow as individuals i i just think it's really important to balance the party correctly plus the bad stuff can be funny i mean going back if we look at stats who doesn't laugh when someone rolls a stat and you go yeah i've got a three and that's, that's <laughs> and that's a three <laughs> with my plus zero <laughs> like who who does it who doesn't laugh who doesn't yeah, laugh it, when someone's trying to make a persuasion check and they get three? Yeah, like or, or or even funnier if they've got a negative and they go, "I rolled a five, so three. Yeah, like that's like that's that's really good. A zero in stealth is always funny. A zero mm -hmm. in acrobatics is always funny. Zeros yeah. in like persuasions and stuff like that always funny. And yeah. even things like and zero in history because you could make a history check and fail it. You don't have to let everyone know you fail it. You can just pretend or make it up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> just roleplay and just be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, yes, right. yes, yes, I do know this. Yes, this, that, um, this, that, and bobbins. Yes. Yes, absolutely, yes. Uh, Jerry, the arsehole. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's like I was saying before, it's it's really good to, to try and balance it. And it actually leans into uh, a video that I'm going to be making on the YouTube channel soon, hopefully. Um spoilers for this video that's coming out later i'll close my um, ears uh it, it's just going to be talking about how failing is better than succeeding oh, in D D. is this a hot or a cold take pete it that is one of those videos oh yes. wow um, failing is better than succeeding Gosh. because I'm, I'm not going to go into the whole argument here but here's a little teaser for it in the you know if you if your dm's got a story 
let's say, and you, you get your quest, you go do the thing, you, you, you kill the bad, you come back and you get your reward. Alright, cool. That was great. What happens if you go there and someone dies? Oh my god! You've got a whole story out <laughs> yeah, of that. Yeah. Oh my god! How are the characters dealing with that? Oh no! How do- we're gonna have to tell their family? Like, we- <laughs> oh no! Like, there's so many ramifications and things that lead from that. That being able to uh, failing is part of storytelling. Overcoming obstacles is part of storytelling, and not being ha- failing leads to greater successes failing is better than succeeding yeah there's a much better argument that i'll actually write a script for for the video but you know also that's the premise yeah and then going back to the the root of your argument uh character sort of class roles if you're trying to tell me four bards going around as a traveling band doesn't sound fun then you're insane <laughs> If you haven't, <laughs> if you haven't wanted to try that at least once, four different bards, and you go right, you're on drums, you're our guitarist, you're our bass player. <laughs> like, if you haven't wanted to do that, you're nuts. Or if That's you, amazing, or if at yeah. some point you haven't just gone, what if we had a campaign where we're all barbarians and we're literally just like these lunatics that run around mm-hmm. stealing villages from people? Or if, Absolutely, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I was actually even going to say. Um, for for the heist that we're going to do at some point, uh, because I've got a a homebrew rogue uh, subclass that's all kind of about um, spying and subterfuge and sneaking and stuff like that, and using magic to assist you in that. It's kind of like arcane trickster, but less tricksy and more just like I'm going to steal stuff. Yep. Um, and it's all the magic is designed to help people do better better sneaking essentially. Um, and I was going to say, like, all of you have to play this subclass. Yeah. Um, and just see how it goes. But I, I didn't want to. I wanted you guys to have a bit more freedom. But I still think that sounds pretty fun. Like, you're all part of this one Thieves Guild. And you are all had the same kind of training. So you'd all be the same subclass. If we done that. See how it goes. If we right? if we done that with our three players, I would encourage us to split up the name Houdini across all of us. <laughs> Hello, my name is Who. Yeah. Hello, yes. D. Nee. <laughs> I'm D. I'm Nee. Yep, that's exactly it. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of my goblin character. My goblin... Was it goblins? Were they goblins? I can't remember now. The two people that were... The people that worked in the pub. Oh, no. Pe- yeah, who was it? It was the people that... It was the... Ah, oh, balls. Who was it? Who was it? I'm not going to remember. <sighs> no. They worked in, they worked in, the, in, the, in the succulent cow. That's right. The succulent cow. Uh, oh, God, that's really going to bug me. Hold on. I've got my notebook next to me. Yeah, who was I'm it? See if I can find my notes here. They worked in the succulent cow. I gave, uh, I gave them stupid names. It was, something, it was something like... You did. It was something like Rug and Tug. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, something yeah. like it Rug was, and was... Tug or like, bu- or like Bob and Rob or something stupid. Yeah. God, I have so many pages that are just nothing in this book. Yeah, yeah uh, I'm surprised. I'd be surprised if you took notes of this, then you've just taken notes of any old codswallop. I, I absolutely would have. Um, oh man, I might, I might this find it before really you. Cause it might be on my, uh, it might be on my Evernote. For those, of, for those of you wondering, I, I use Evernote for my D and D notes. I use OneNote. That's a whole discussion point for another day. But um, while I'm looking for this, though. Nah, I will say we should probably move on to the last segment of the show. We should. We spent a long time on topics today. 
deck of many characters. Um, <laughs> which is uh, a recurring segment at the end of the show where... Oh my god, there's a shop called Knickknacks and Wax in your Yes, there is. <laughs> Knickknacks and Wax. I forgot about that. That's great. Um... Uh, sorry, I got very distracted because I'm, I'm reminiscing about all these notes that I'm looking <laughs> uh, Gilded Glass, Bottom of the Barrel, Succulent Cow. I'm, I'm there! Where's the names? Oh, man. No, oh, I don't think I wrote them uh... down! No! Oh, man. That sucks. I thought I did. It was it was something <laughs> like Rug and Tug, or like, or like yeah. Rug, Tug, and Rug Bug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something really stupid. Yeah, it's like it like rug tug and tug rug. Anyway, let's <laughs> uh, move on from that and put my book away before I get distracted some more. Yeah, before um, you start going. Ah, yeah, oh, Siri! Many- I forgot about Siri. <laughs> Siri, yep. Uh, deck of many characters where we uh, have created a character on D and D Beyond. Please sponsor us, D and D Beyond, uh, and uh, we will explain the details of that character to our fellow co-host. They then have exactly one minute to explain uh, who that character is and their backstory and how they'd roleplay them. Uh, we have uh, two suggestions today for extra challenges on top of it. We encourage oh, you guys balls, to please... I always forget about these. <laughs> I know, yeah. I uh, encourage you guys to please leave a uh, comment uh, in the YouTube video and we'll try and take your suggestions for uh, future extra challenges on top of this. So extra things that we have to include in these backstories, etc. I've got one here from Mr. Wrestles who says, um, for deck of many characters, my challenge is you must incorporate an animal partner in your lore akin to Banjo-Kazooie. Okay, I like that one. Yeah. I quite like that. Yeah, okay. And the other one uh, is a, a part of a comment that we read out earlier from Jesse Woodring. It says, for the deck of many characters, incorporate one thing, be it item or companion, that your character cannot live without. The weirder, the better. Like their security blanket from when they grew up. Or the bowl that someone has to eat out of no matter what. <laughs> Absolutely that, yes. Callback. Um, yeah, very good. I mean, we could kind of incorporate the both of them with that. Oh, should we, and we could just we say it? that it has to be an animal partner that you can't live without. It's not just an animal partner. It's like, it's an animal partner that you can't live without that. I don't know. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm all for it. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Okay, cool. Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's roll off. All right, you're first. See who goes first. I'll go first, yeah, because I won last week. You did. Let's go. Here Two we in go. a row. Uh, oh, 17. That's pretty big. Oh, seven. It's your boy. I don't like going. The winner. I don't like going first. Okay, so it's me describing to you. <clears throat> okay, so you heard me before we started recording today. Uh, you heard me uh, remark uh, while I was making this. I was like, oh, are you kidding me with this? You're about to see why. Okay. Um... Bear in mind, the extra deck of many characters suggestion we just got from the comments. Alrighty. <clears throat> you are a ranger. <laughs> okay, sure, yeah. You are a beast master. Oh, you've, fro- you've, you've given me a, you've given me a, you give me an easy one here. Yep. Yep. Legit. The thing is, I rolled for all of this. Okay. Okay. I just rolled for it. Just, I rolled the race, the class, the stats, everything. All right, I'm going to try and make it interesting. Um, so, yes. You're, you're a Beastmaster Ranger. Okay. Um, you are a, a Asimar. Okay. It's always Asimar. Mm. I can't spell it. It's double A um, at the start. Yeah, but then all uh, correct happens. 
your uh, your background is soldier. Okay. Um, some stats. Give you them. Um, so you have very very good dexterity. Very good dex. You have really good wisdom and charisma. Okay. And you have average strength, con, and intelligence. I can't spell. Okay. Uh, is there anything else you would like to know? Uh, what weapon do I use? Uh, you have two weapon fighting, so let's say it's two short swords. Okay. Two short swords. Two not short swords. Two short swords. <laughs> uh, okay. I feel like I can work. Oh I god. Can, oh, go on. I don't have my phone. Oh. <laughs> if only you had the. I got it. If only you had the internet at your fingertips. <laughs> ah, shut up! I've got it. The uh, d- d- timer. Okay. Are you ready to go? Oh, I should. I should. <laughs> I laughed it. At- oh, you need a name. Oh yeah, give me a name. Your name is Keragri. Oh, you don't make it easy, do you? What? Correct. K. Karagni. K. Karang, yeah. K e r a g r i. A g r i. Karagni. Karagri. Karag. Oh, sorry. Karagri. Good. There we go. That's what I wake up with in the morning when I haven't slept properly. (laughs) (laughs) Got a sore Karagri. Go. Uh, You've had so long to think about this. Are you ready? I haven't thought about it, but yeah, go. Okay, one minute on the clock. Here we go. Uh, have I started? You said here we Yes! You just said here we go! I said one minute on the clock. Here we go. Okay, fine. I'm resetting. Okay, one minute starting now. Okay, so we got Karagri, the ranger. Um, he was part of... Uh, he was in... He's part of like this sort of like Queen's Guard kind of thing. It's like a guard that sort of goes around the uh, woods that surround this sort of like large kingdom. And it sort of protects them from the uh, from sort of large beasts that come towards them. Because at the centre of this kingdom is this tree that grows uh, golden fruit that all of these natural beasts want to get at. Uh, one day, while sort of journeying around and protecting them, he sort of comes across this large sort of like boa constrictor snake that he takes pity on as it uh, as it sort of like whispers in his ear. He can almost swear he can make out the words of it, and he decides to keep it as his partner, almost as such. Um, as he sort of like brings this beast back, uh, many of him wants it, many of them want to chuck it out. However, the local wizard gives him an enchanted mouse that somehow that he can feed to the feed to the snake constantly, and uh, the mouse will always come back to life and pop back into his pocket the next morning. That's fun. I see. That's a really <laughs> that's that little detail at the end with the enchanted mouse is really really cool. I really like that. Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to put in one that. I wanted to put in one that sort of, because we said we wanted to put an animal that you couldn't be, be mm. without. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna throw a curveball at you. It's not the snake that you can't be without. It's the mouse because the mouse feeds it's the snake. The mouse. Ah, oh, man. Yeah, it's the mouse. Ma- it's the mouse that you can't be without because the mouse feeds the snake. Yes, very very well done with that. That was very very good. Um, yeah, literally saw the got i was gathering the comments beforehand and i just saw like okay got to incorporate an animal partner and the other one just being like it's got to be something you can't live without an item or a companion and i was like okay rolled it and i was like ranger beast master i was like are you kidding (laughs) uh well mine isn't mine isn't as friendly fantastic yeah mine is not nearly as friendly 
Um, I, I didn't have a backstory for this one planned out because I rolled it right before we started recording. So That's fair. I have a, yeah, I have a vague that's very backstory fun. for this one. Okay. Um, right. I'm ready for some details. Hit me with it. Alrighty. Uh, you are... Uh, I'll give you a race first. Uh, you are an okay. air genasi. Okay. Fun. Uh, and your name is Whisper. Whisper. Yeah. Uh, you're a monk. Okay. Uh, way of the shadow. Okay. Uh, really good decks. Mm-hmm. Pretty good wisdom and pretty good constitution as well. Okay. Uh, background is urchin. Oh, God, I don't even know what that's about. Okay. Grew up on the streets, orphaned and poor. That's the first sentence. Fantastic. Okay, that gives me enough. Yep. Uh, you are... Uh, if it helps, you have sleight of hand. Yep. Perception. Yep. Disguise kit. Mm-hmm. And thieves tools. Okay. Uh, is there anything special that I put in the inventory? Mm, no, nothing special in the inventory. So you can let your mind go crazy with that. Okay. Um, Anything else you feel like you want to know? I don't think so. Oh, they do have another language. Uh, they do have a language if you want it. Sure. Primordial. Great. <laughs> that, helps. that helps so much. Oh, and they're also proficient with painter's supplies. So do with that as you wish. Okay. I made this. Okay. I made this character okay. a while ago. Okay. Um. All right. Yeah. Uh, let me get up. Are you, are you get up the timer. Okay. Na, 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 na. Timer, timer, timer. Clock, clock, clock. Timer, timer, timer. Still on one minute from last week. Are you ready? You'll go on go. Yeah. Three, two, one, go. Okay, so Whisper the Air Genasi was born impoverished and grew up on the streets. Uh, he was uh, orphaned at a very young age and cast out, um, not necessarily from his parents dying. They literally just um, banished him from their family and grew up very poor on the streets and had to fend for himself at a very young age. Uh, because of that, he was re- he resorted to uh, stealing um, from innocent bystanders and learning kind of very much street smarts, but lacking in, in book smarts. Um uh, and on one of the um, attempts that he had to try and rob someone, he actually tried to rob a very important member of the city in which he grew up in, and they actually took pity on seeing him and how poor he was and handed him um, a uh, simple gold medallion that allowed him uh, access into the monk monastery that was nearby. And uh, being able to enter into it, he kind of used his street smarts he had and the lean... Uh, the live physique that he picked up just from being kind of underfed he was taken in into this monastery and was shown the way of the shadow and there was an animal at some point oh yeah it was an animal companion fuck <laughs> there was an animal I was, you, you went with the item I was, I, was, I was thinking about an item that they couldn't live without I forgot it had to be an animal you took the coin okay <laughs> pretend that the coin was instead a mouse a mouse the magic mouse he gets around yeah and they gave him access to the thing i did leave all right i did leave out one detail that i forgot to mention i'm not sure how much it would have changed your story but he has he has a he has one eye and wears an eye patch oh yeah that just leans into it he was 
poorly treated on the streets. Yeah, he has one eye um, was an eye patch. And, okay, if I was doing it properly with an animal, the first thing that came to my head when you reminded me of that was that he befriended some sort of street creature like a rat. Yep, uh, yep. That he, that he can't be without. Uh, there you go. I had a vague backstory for this one. It's not to, it's not in depth okay. of the Lion King one I had last week. Uh, uh-huh. So the vague idea behind this one is, and it sort of leans into sort of um, it leans into Air Genasi backstory, or sorry, not Air Genasi, mm-hmm. just Genesi backstory in general, because they are half genies. However, genies live on a completely different realm, and it's yes. very, very, very common practice for genies to never ever sort of communicate or ever see their children, like. That's right. it, you just don't see him. Um, okay. However, this Air Genasi is part of a monk monastery that sort of treats his father as a god, and he is actually sort of... Um, he's sort of, like, being groomed to be next in line, or, like, to sort of, like, be the head of the monastery. But um, he sort of, like, gets... Uh, he gets uh, jaded by the idea of it and the pressure on it kind of thing, so he sort of leaves to go off by himself and when he comes back it's sort of been taken it's sort of like taken over by people who are using his father's name in a way of like to do evil things so he goes to a rival monastery and learns there to pick up his shadow magic hmm very cool yeah very cool that was just really like a that. vague idea i had behind it and then paint the supplies yeah. and thieves tools and stuff i just threw in next it was funny and i assume genies can talk primordial they're old yeah, I don't think totally. I don't think genies have a specific language, and if they do, oh well. I'm assuming it's probably what the elemental language, like Ignan and Aquan and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, which I, I don't, don't think you're allowed to learn. Well, that's a shame. Um, but uh, well, it, yeah, no, that's really cool. You're not allowed to learn them because they never come up. <laughs> You'd be constantly yeah. be constantly hoping for that one water elemental to come up, so you can mm-hmm. say, "All right, mate," and it says, "I'm gonna drown you." <laughs> 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 um, go, cool, um, glad I picked that. Uh, with that, though, uh, I'm going to leave a little comment for you guys. Uh, if you've made it to this point in the podcast, um, I'd like you to leave a comment incorporating the word rose. Ooh, that's lovely. There you that's go. That's lovely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, please leave a comment on the YouTube version if you've got this far all the way through the episode we really appreciate you for listening um that's gonna do it for this episode thank you very much for listening everyone um you can follow me on social media at p liam at unlawful if he's still got his twitter handle always he's mate. changed it always you know me mm-hmm mm-hmm yep wait until you change it and then you won't be saying <laughs> that um if you're if you're listening on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and enable notifications because I will be uploading more content soon, as I teased in this episode, and of course more podcast episodes. If you're listening to the podcast version, I also have a YouTube. Go and check it out. Um, and if you're listening on the YouTube, it's also in podcast version if you want to listen to it on the go. Um, but yeah, that'll do it for this episode. We'll see you guys hopefully next week for another episode. Thank you very much. We love you very much. Stay safe out there. Goodbye. Bye all.